Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Seated across from me from the table today is an absolute crazy person. This is not his first appearance on the podcast, not his second appearance, not even his third appearance. This is his fourth time, and I just keep having him back on because he's such a fun guy, and he just has so much going on. He's got so many concepts in his head. There's always something new going on in the life of John Stastny, and we've got something really exciting to talk about today, so I had to have him back on the show. John, welcome back. What's up? Glad to be back. That's... I see you more than Phoenix nowadays. <laughs> but I, I, I'm sorry that that's the case, but it's it's my pleasure because I love talking to you. You always serve me good food and and have good conversation. So yeah, it's a cool. it's a blessing for me. So we're here today to talk about something that's really cool, and that is blend. That is a virtual food hall that is coming to Omaha. Going to be right off 108th and Q, coming in mid May. May 15th is the target date that we want to open. Yep. So as I've kind of talked to people about this concept and probably a lot of listeners hearing it, hearing about it for the first time right now, they're like, virtual food hall? Right. What is that? So I'm just yeah. going to open it up to you right now. Just tell me what is Blend and what is a virtual food hall? So Blend, it's it's something I've been conceptualizing and working on for a couple of years now um, and really more so the past six months or so when I finally got some investors on board. But it's a vision I had to where we could provide, um, you know, pickup and delivery, but high quality and local. So imagine like you walk into a food hall and you have, you know, six different restaurants, but you have to walk up and order from each one individually. Um, you know, you might order something from different from one of your other friends or whoever you're there with and your food might come out at different times. So the goal with the virtual food hall is to allow customers to order from multiple concepts in the same order and have it all delivered or picked up in one order. So whether that's, you know, one person wanting to try something from two different concepts or, you know, a group of people in an office or for a party that all kind of want different things, you know, um, you can get a, a wide variety. So we're going to have vegan options, gluten-free options, healthy options, not so healthy options. <laughs> uh, you know, the big breakfast burritos, but we're bringing multiple local brands in on it. So um, rather than us trying to execute, you know, eight or 12 different types of concepts and, you know, spreading ourselves thin, we're going to focus on doing a few things and doing them well. So we're bringing in 
um, other concepts like the galley and Omaha Soup Company, Gravy Train, Conscious Comforts. Uh, we're working with Little V's coming in, um, Deviled Egg Co. Um, and we've got one of our employees that's starting her own business in there. It's called Saray Coffee Company, and she's going to do pressed juices and cold brew coffees. And so she's going to work for us while simultaneously starting her her business, which is another um, – which is probably the part I'm most passionate about is I can help use this platform to grow and start other people's dreams um, without the risk involved that typically does come with, you know, trying to start your own food business or drink business, whatever it may be. Um, There's a lot of work, a lot of risk, a lot of money that you need to get in to this industry. uh, And it's very high risk, not a lot of success, um, Percentage-wise, Omaha, I feel like, is a little bit better market for that because everybody does work so hard to support local. Um, so that so more local restaurants make it here than I think most places, percentage-wise, but it's, it's still tough. So we can provide a platform where we're providing the equipment, the space, uh, the front-of-house labor, you know, the online ordering platform, the point of sale system, a lot of things that cost a lot of money initially to get started, which is why a lot of people don't ever take that step or take that leap to, um, you know, launch their dream food concept. But we want to provide that platform and help grow local businesses within our platform uh, and provide customers, you know, access to all of those with one app, one website, one order um, and it's, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be a learning process for everybody involved. But I think, um, you know, our, our tagline is going to be everybody wins because it's, you know, we win in the fact that we get to grow our business and our concept with blend, but also wonton John's, uh, Omaha cheese steak company, loaded bowls. We can grow those within our platform, but we can also help grow other local businesses, which is a huge passion of mine too. And I would almost rather do that than grow my brands. I want to help people grow theirs. So, um, you know, we can help provide marketing assistance and things like that. So we're, we're fostering a very local atmosphere in terms of, bringing up um, people that might not otherwise be able to, you know, get their foot in the door otherwise. Um, But for customers, it's going to be awesome because you can order, like I said, you can order a breakfast burrito from Wonton John's, biscuits and gravy from Gravy Train, or you can get wings from the galley. And then, you know, somebody can get a vegan sandwich from Little V's and a dessert from Conscious Comforts. And then, oh, those deviled eggs look really good. Let's throw some a variety pack from Deviled Egg Company in there. And you can try a bunch of different things from local brands um, all at the same time. So, Well, and I, <clears throat> excuse me. I love what you brought up about helping other brands kind of start their own concepts because I should have mentioned off the top of the show, probably what you're best known for right now yeah. is starting the Wonton John's food truck. And you had to you know, you went through that. You introduced something completely new and you had to go through the struggles of, okay, you know, how do I balance, you know, learning to start a concept to getting the word out, uh, food costs, all, all these different things. Now you're providing kind of that, that platform for other people, which is, which is really, really cool. We're going right. to, we're going to get into wonton Johns and some of your other concepts in a little bit, but I do, I do just love the idea of the, of the virtual food hall. Um, especially because like, I love food halls. I love the inner rail. I love the switch a place, you know, where you can go with, with like three or four friends and everybody can get what they want. I would say the only drawback to it is your food is all coming at different times. Right. So if I go to a pizza place and my buddy goes and gets a burger and Sarah goes and gets a, you know, a loaded crepe or something, 
all that food is going to be coming, you know, probably within 10 or 15 minutes of each other, but the first person gets it and then they're kind of like sitting there waiting awkwardly and everybody's staring at the other people's buzzers. Like, okay, when is this going to go? With the virtual food hall, everything comes at once. Right. But people, I think we have to make a clear distinction and it probably comes in the name, but virtual means you're not actually sitting in there. There is going to be a drive-through component to it, but this is all ordering online, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I forgot to mention that part. So thank you. Um, yeah, it's all online ordering. We are going to have a blend app. It's basically ready to go, but we're not going to launch it until like we're ready to launch. Um, we're going to have a loyalty program in there as well. So also that's another advantage over ordering delivery from like a third party DoorDash or Grubhub or something like that is we're going to provide loyalty programs. So however much you spend, you get X amount of points back and you can use those across any concept you'd like. So it's not like you're getting loyalty programs just with Wonton John's or deviled egg co. Um, you're getting loyalty points to blend and you can use those across any concept. Um, so, you know, you get a little benefit from, from ordering from blend, you know, regularly, whereas, you know, the third party deliveries, you don't get any loyalty. Um, they take a huge percentage from the businesses and, uh, where we're trying to curb that a little bit and provide kind of spread out the costs of loyalty brokers, loyalty programs are expensive, not only to run, but for the platforms to, um, you know, so that you can use them on an app and not just a punch card or something like that. Um, it's technology that, like as wonton johns i've always wanted to provide but i could never afford it i could never make it make sense for my one location but we're able to spread out costs of um this awesome technology that we're using for our online ordering platform um and the app and everything like that we're able to spread that across multiple brands and make it more affordable for everybody involved um but also uh, you know a major benefit of online ordering that i've experimented with with wonton johns you know that uh, some people um, push back on it because they want to order in person or they want to come in. Um, and that's, that's fine. Um, but that's not what we offer. What we offer is you can place your order online. You know, it's going to be ready when you get there. You're not going to order and wait 20 minutes. Um, you know, especially with the drive through efficiency is going to be key. So um, you order it. We tell you it's going to be ready in 15 minutes. You get a text when it's ordered, you drive or when it's re- you get a text when it's ready, you drive up and pick it up. Or, or you have it delivered. And so it's that convenience factor that we're going for. And everybody's going to have, you know, a condensed menu. We're working with all of the concepts and making sure that their menus work in terms of, like, fire times and things like that to make sure we can get them all out in an efficient manner at the same time. So it's not, you know, somebody has an order ready. They're part of the order ready in five minutes, and somebody else is taking 20 minutes to fire their order. Everything, we're, we're going to do a test kitchen phase right now. We've got all of our equipment in. Um, so we're all going to go in there and just practice for the next month and make sure that we can figure out those operations and so that everything's efficient and working together. We're all going to be working in one big kitchen, but everybody's going to have their own stations within that kitchen. So it's going to be super efficient, um, and super high quality. Everybody's going to have four to six menu items or four to six item menus. And so they'll be able to focus and make sure those four to six menu items are all excellent every single time and designed to be delivered and picked up you know so that's the problem with a lot of things is um when you order for delivery or pickup like if you're ordering fries for delivery you're pretty much already conceding that you're gonna have cold fries Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and we're not trying to go that route so we're trying to get creative and figure out um you know the the type of things that we can offer that are going to be able to be delivered or you can pick them up and get home 15 minutes later eat it with the family it's still going to be the quality that it should be um so 
So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a learning process for everybody. You might not have a good answer to this because you just said you're going to be practicing over the next month. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of lessons learned. But there's going to be, you know, uh, what, like 10 concepts Mm -hmm. or about 10 concepts operating out of here. But you mentioned one kitchen. How, how, how does, like, how does that work? How does, how does everybody kind of, cause a kitchen is like a dance right. where everybody kind of has to move in symmetry. But when you have so many concepts working at once, how, how does that work? Well, nobody's going to share equipment. So we're, we're utilizing technology. And I think, um, a lot of, um, people in the restaurant industry are kind of afraid, afraid of new kitchen technology. Um, in terms of that people think it's going to, you know, take jobs and things like that. And, and it may, but I also think it creates opportunity for other types of jobs to where, uh, again, you can focus on the quality and consistency because with these, these ovens that we have, um, without getting into too much detail, um, they can cook things very fast, but they're not microwaves. They're essentially like air fryer technology. Um, so you can still put out a very high quality product, extremely high quality product as long as you're putting good product in so it's going to be a very prep heavy scenario where everybody's getting their prep done and then it's basically just assembling and firing them in these um, ovens that we have Um, and uh, the, the the technology is such that it's not as much of a dance you're not running from saute to um, you know, your, your salad station and dropping things in fryers. We're not even going to have fryers in there. So everybody is going to have their own ovens to work out of and their own prep stations with the cold table. So basically you're prepping it on your cold station and putting it in the oven. And while that's in, you're prepping your next thing. And then, so everybody's going to have, you know, two of these ovens and be able to put out a lot of food in a short amount of time. Um, but like I said, the, the, it's going to allow everybody to focus really on the consistency and quality of every single item because they're not worried about, oh, this thing's in the fryer, i got to get it out. This thing's on the saute, it's going to burn. You know what I mean? And that, that can lead, uh, obviously, there's great cooks out there that put out high-quality, consistent food on the lines all the time. But that labor, that skill set is really tough to find right now. Um, so we're kind of trying to find a way to make cooking easier so that more people can do it and still put out a very high quality item. And then everybody in their own kitchen um, is going to have their own station. So nobody's like running across from each other or anything like that. Um, And, you know, the blend is providing like a dishwasher. um, So we're going to be taking everybody's dish bins and washing those. So the people in our uh, platform can literally, all they have to do is focus on cooking good food. Uh, They don't have to, you know, market. They don't have to do the dishes. We're doing the majority of the cleaning other than, equipment that they're using but as far as all the common areas we're cleaning all that so we're taking we're taking a lot off of the plates of the people that are actually executing the food to make sure that the food is the best thing that's coming out of there and they don't have to worry about that other stuff and so it's going to be organized chaos for sure but (laughs) organized is the key word organized and efficient right I remember when you first told me about this concept is a little over a year ago and it was I'd kind of heard whispers about it, but it was the first time that I'd really kind of looked into it. And I was like, this is a fascinating idea. And in doing some research for this podcast, it seems like it kind of started to grow in popularity maybe three or four years ago is, is when the concept really kind of started to take off. And then the pandemic and the boom of online ordering just kind of pushed it forward all the much more. How did you come across the concept of a virtual food hall? And what made you think that Omaha was ready for this. 
Um, well, I came across it because I've, I've had the idea for a while. I had the idea before I heard about it. And it's just one of those things when I started looking into it to see what kind of technology was out there to support this. Um, it was something that I wanted to try and implement when we were at uh, Trucks and Taps, obviously with multiple food trucks. I thought it would be cool you know, to have everybody be able to order from all the trucks at once um, for pickup or delivery. I thought it would be a great way to bring in more business. We weren't able to kind of implement that there, but that's when I started researching and trying to find technology that would support that. And then as I was looking for the technology, I stumbled across a couple of them. And it's interesting because the ones that are out there, everybody's doing it a little bit differently. Um, There's no real um, blueprint or handbook on how to do this or how it should be done. Everybody's still kind of learning as they go. And there's some bigger ones like out in California, um, you know, San Francisco, LA, things like that. They got an investment from Google, but they're still doing it quite a bit differently. Like they're charging um, anywhere from like 10 to $20,000 a month for these concepts to be a part of their food hall. And so we're, we're reducing the amount of, um, initial investment that it takes. We're providing the equipment and the space and kind of working on a percentage or consignment basis, essentially, um, to where, like, if we're not making money, they're not making money. If they're not making money, we're not making money. We're trying to create the most mutually beneficial situation possible. Um, And I think it's important that we're keeping it all local because we're all helping each other out. You know what I mean? It's... um, so back back to the original. <laughs> Sorry, I, I get off on tangents. You're good, on this, man. I love back, back this. Show's the, all about tangents. Yeah. Um, so, but back to the original question was, yeah, I started researching, um, trying to find the technology, and stumbled across a couple other ones, and knew that, you know, okay, this is a real idea because I've got crazy ideas all the time, and like people people don't even listen to half my ideas because I'm always coming up with different ones. But uh, this one, I I felt like could gain some traction and. We wanted to launch it about a year ago, and I'm glad we didn't. The timing wasn't right. Um, it gave me another year to kind of conceptualize with um, my good friend. And so we've always, that's kind of how we bonded was, you know, obsessing over business and entrepreneurship and just talking about ideas and, you know, dreaming about stuff essentially. And then finally, you know, we got on the same page on this one, and it's pretty exciting. Um, and I think we got a good, really, really solid group of newer but not super new you know entrepreneurs within the restaurant business that all kind of started in similar ways whether it's pop-ups or food truck or things like that and so we all have that kind of bond and understand how important it is to lift each other up which I think is just going to benefit everybody involved wildly because the more you know the more people that we can get to talk about it and get interested in the concept um, the bigger we can grow it. And, you know, eventually we'd like to be in other markets as well and take some of these local brands with us and expand, you know, you know, a lot of Omaha brands nationwide would be would be the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. So I think um, we're focused, you know, kind of on this, mid- this Midwest vibe and, you know, we'll let the California guys do their thing mm-hmm. in the big cities and um, we'll, we'll continue to just try and build this and foster local brands um, wherever we go, but bring Omaha brands along with us. I want to touch on those other local brands, but before I do real quick, if anybody's listening to this and they're like, man, this sounds really interesting. I want more information. Well, we've got more information coming on this podcast, yeah. but you can also go to blendfoodhall.com or follow on Facebook and Instagram blend food halls. 
with an S on the end. That's where you're going to find more information, kind of stay up to date. You can sign up for the loyalty program that John mentioned, which is going to be really sweet. So just wanted to throw that out there. Now, looking at, I, I, I love how you kind of mentioned that all these all these different concepts that are going to be operating out of Blend kind of came up in a similar way, like little Vs started doing pop-ups and is in the switch right now. Uh, the Galley operates to-go orders. The Deviled Egg Company was catering. I mean, they have a storefront now, but they were catering food trucks, events, stuff like that. Same with Gravy Train, like Conscious Comfort. It's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You you have all these all these different concepts that some of them have storefronts now, but they're like, they're kind of restaurants, but they're also really used to operating kind of on the fly in this fast-to-go market, which is what Blend is going to be. Right. As you started to kind of think about who do I want to bring along in this venture? Who do I want to reach out to? How did you assemble this roster of concepts? You know, I I obviously keep my finger on the pulse of the restaurant industry in Omaha. And um, I had a really good idea of who I was going to reach out to. Um, Obviously, we've worked with Conscious Comforts in the past. We helped them kind of get started up with their pop-ups and things like that. Lauren um, worked a couple pop-ups with me before she did her first ones. Um, we've sold a lot of Conscious Comforts products through Wonton John's um, over the past couple years. So, you know, and and I had mentioned this concept to them a couple years ago, so they were a no-brainer. Um, obviously, I've seen what Lil V's has been doing, and so I reached out to him, and he was super excited about it. And um, Renee's a good dude, and I listened to the podcast. Honestly, that's what made me want to reach out to him the most was just because – um, you know, he didn't have a lot of restaurant background or anything like that when he started his pop-ups. And I related a lot to what he was saying when you were interviewing him. And it's a lot of the same things that I went through. So I thought it would be cool to maybe reach out to him and also be able to provide some some experience and wisdom there um, that, you know, he might be able to use and help him grow. Um, and he's super excited about it. Deviled Egg Co., you know, they started about the same time. I did, and I'm not going to be able to offer my actual wontons because they don't travel well. Um, however, when they started, I was like, oh, they're like kind of like egg form of my wontons. Right, you know, yeah. There's so much variety there, and, you know, it's just a different vehicle for the food. And so, you know, that that was – uh, Rachel's awesome. And then uh, Megan from Gravy Train, I called her originally about Omaha Soup Company because we were looking for vendors to provide – um, local products that we can just stock because obviously we're going to be limited on kitchen space and the amount of people that we can bring in to actually be cooking in there. And like same with Devil Egg Co, they're going to stock on a, a you know daily or every other day basis depending on how busy we are. Their variety packs of deviled eggs, so not everybody's actually going to be cooking in there. They're just stocking their products, and we're able to fill um, it, fill orders with them. And so that was my initial conversation with Omaha Soup Company. I didn't know Gravy Train and Omaha Soup Company were both ran by Megan. Um, but I called her and we talked for like two and a half hours about this idea and the platform and just related on like a very deep level in terms of like she started her um, business, you know, the first week of COVID. Wonton John's, we started our food truck the first week of COVID. And so there's that bond there, but we also think a lot in terms of uh, think very similarly in terms of like business and how we want to help grow other local local people within the community. And um, the gravy train obviously like fits in very well with what we're doing in terms of just a very high quality, locally driven in terms of ingredients product. Um, and so I'm going to take my biscuits and gravy ton off my menu just so that we can get her in. Cause I'm excited to have her and just her energy and, 
um, everything like that involved um, with it. And like I said, Saray Coffee Company, Manila used to work for me a long time ago and reached out to me, wanted to start a coffee truck. And so I was like, hey, you know, I got this going on. Like, you, you know, I can teach you the food truck side of things as well. But, um, you know, you could possibly start your brand in here and work for us at the same time. Um, and she loved that idea. So we're excited to have her on board. And all of our employees are super excited about it. And the galley, you know, they do pickup and delivery stuff and everybody loves their food. And, you know, they've got a nice variety um, of that kind of comfort food that, you know, we're missing. So really all I'm missing right now that I'm really looking for to incorporate is a sushi chef. I'd like to get a sushi concept in there. I think that's going to be imperative to provide that variety of just, you know, what people want. We're not trying to go out of the box with what we're selling as much as what we're doing. You know what I mean? We want to give people what they want and just very, very high quality elevated versions of that. Um, but we want that, that mix in there. So I want to, you know, between all those local people and I, I, this fits more for people like growing, you know what I mean? I, I have talked to a couple of people that are a lot more established and they don't necessarily want to grow outside of what they're doing. Um, so I, I try to reach out to people that are still, you know, trying to grow their business and, and, and do that. And so we're trying to provide that platform for them. Calling all sushi chefs. Yeah. If you want a chance to maybe start your own thing, grow your brand, this is, this is a great opportunity to do so. And I think sushi, it fits in so perfectly with this concept because it's so prep heavy. It mm-hmm. provides kind of a, a different, maybe healthier option, you know, uh, that none of the other concepts are not that the other right. concepts aren't healthy, but just like fish is not something right. that these other concepts are offering. So it's something right. that's different. It offers more variety and I've just loved, as we're recording this, you've been teasing out more and more of the the vendors that are coming into the space over the last couple of days. And like each time one comes out, I'm like, oh, Little V's. I love Little V's. I yeah. am not vegan. I will put my stamp on that place eight days a week. I love it. Yeah. Gravy Train. We actually just had them catered into our church and it went like gangbusters. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Devil Egg Company, huge fan of them. Rachel was on the podcast like... As all these concepts have just been teased out, I've gotten more and more excited. Even if there were only two or three of them being offered, I would be like, yeah, I'm in right. on this. And no, we're doing eight or ten. So that's yeah. phenomenal. It's, it's, it's super exciting. I'm, I mean, I'm going to be a customer of Blend when I'm sitting at home <laughs> not, not working. You know what I mean? Just because it's, yeah, I'm, I'm often craving a lot of different things. So when I go to a restaurant, even me, I, you know, I'll get like, a few appetizers and an entree right. and I'll take stuff home, but I want to try a lot of different stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but. what, what opportunity are you ever going to have to have biscuits and gravy, like a pulled pork deviled egg yeah. <laughs> and a breakfast burrito at right. the same time? Like not very many times. And that, just having that creativity and that variety is, is really cool. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit Piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it. Beef bacon. It'll change your life. 
Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. I'm going to ask a question that on the surface might seem kind of dumb, but I want to just clear the air on it because there there are just a couple new concepts that have come up, especially since COVID has arisen. What is the difference between a virtual food hall and a ghost kitchen? Just to provide clarity for people. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you asked because I actually just uh, met with somebody from the Omaha Weekly um, magazine about the, that topic because um, he, he originally reached out to me about ghost kitchens. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to do the interview, but we're not a ghost kitchen as long as we don't use that terminology because we don't want to be lumped in with ghost kitchens because not that there's anything at, like necessarily wrong with them. That's just not the vibe we're going for. So a lot of ghost kitchens, right, uh, and anybody can really start one, but a lot of the ghost kitchens are outside concepts from celebrities, things like that, to where they're just trying to get as many people making their food and putting it out as possible without really a lot of oversight or anything like that. So, um, I, and I've done some research. I've like looked at reviews for ghost kitchens in different cities and stuff, and they vary in some of them. And, you know, obviously it just depends on who's putting out the product. Right. So, um, like a burger concept, um, Mr. Beast burger is a ghost kitchen and I'm not sure. I think they're out of like the golden corrals here. Mm -hmm. But when I was uh, in Fort Myers for a little while, I pulled it up and checked the reviews and they were like cutting the burger patties in half and sending them out to try and save on food costs. And so there's really like not a lot of consistency there, not a lot of oversight and the money's mainly going to DoorDash and these outside, um, places most restaurants only get to keep 30 to 40 percent but out of that 30 40 percent comes the labor costs the food costs um the packaging costs um all of that and then so by the time you really boil it down the restaurants keeping a very small percentage after their cost um and so you know my my our where we separate ourselves from a ghost kitchen is we are very public about who we are, where the food's coming from, who's making it. Um, you know, we're not only going to have like the physical presence, but the social media presence. And, um, we're going to give back to within our community and, and, you know, we're, we're going to be very transparent with how we're, we're operating and where we're operating out of. We don't want it to be a ghost kitchen. We want you to know who and where we are. Um, we just don't have a lobby. And again, the, um, you know, uh, the, the experience is great to be able to go in and sit, sit in a place and enjoy the atmosphere. And that's, that's part of it. But again, we're, we're offering convenience more than an experience. Mm -hmm. And so um, we just want to make sure that that's high quality, but also, you know, not having a lobby reduces the amount of staff that we need to rely on. And we can have a couple people working like the front of the house, the actual ex, um, you know, expoing of the product and getting it out correctly and everything like that and focus just solely on quality without the service aspect mm -hmm. of it necessarily the service aspect comes on the back end so and i think that you're kind of launching this almost at a perfect time because during covid people got so used to they couldn't eat in restaurants for right. probably over a year year and a half so somewhere around there so it was i'm always picking it up to go or i'm getting it delivered and then we're eating at home we're eating on the couch and I completely love just the atmosphere of being able to eat in a restaurant. I don't think that'll ever be replaced right. of just being able to eat there, having the service. All that is just wonderful. I don't think that's going anywhere. No. But there has been this new element of eating out 
that has been incorporated into our lifestyles now where we're used to being able to get this high quality food that we can't necessarily make as diners ourselves, but eat it in the comfort of our home. And that's exactly what blend is. It's taking restaurant quality food and delivering it to you, but in a great variety where it all comes at once. It just makes so much sense. I found a stat that actually um, online ordering is growing 300% faster and in-house dining right now. So I, I think that this just comes along at the perfect time. Yeah, and that, that's kind of why I said earlier, I'm glad we didn't launch last year. I don't think it was the right time. I don't think I had enough information or experience, um, you know, and working multiple concepts and, you know, managing lots of people and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I, I had a lot of work to do personally in terms of like communication skills and things like that, because in something like this, everything needs to be communicated very clearly in terms of expectations um, with every single person and dealing with multiple personality, different types of personalities and things like that. And that's something I've really been working on in my personal life over the past year. And so not only like from a personal standpoint, but also from like a consumer understanding of what we're actually offering and knowing that, um, you know, you can get good food delivered or picked up. Um, and especially if it's intended for that purpose and only that purpose and everything on our menu is going to be intended for that purpose. And so we're not trying to replace the dining experience by any means. Like I love eating out. I, I, and restaurants are busier than ever. You know, I just talked to a friend of Spazia and I used to be a bartender and server at Spazia and he's, he's just like, it's crazy. Even like Mondays, Tuesdays, you need a reservation to get in there. And, um, which it, it was always busy. Like it was always really busy, but not like that busy. And he's just like, it's insane how busy it is. And that's awesome to see. I'm glad everybody is going out to eat, but I, I know there's plenty of people sitting at home that want it delivered to their face. <laughs> you know, I, I'm that way. A lot of times I don't want to get up and t- do all the effort that it takes to, to go out and eat. There's definitely that, so. room for both experiences yeah, absolutely. In, in the market. So we've done a lot of talking about what virtual, uh, virtual food hall is we've talked about some of the other vendors that are going to be in the space but i want to focus specifically for a little while on the three concepts that you've developed that are going to be operating out here and the first one is wonton johns which a lot of people listening to this they're probably familiar with it either because previous times you've been on the podcast you've talked about it it's obviously your most well known yeah i think people recognize the just the awesome breakfast burritos that probably had one for themselves um you mentioned this is Operating out of blend is going to be more about the breakfast burritos and the wontons themselves. Those are kind of more of a an event um, right. event item. But I guess just kind of opening it up, like what's new with Wonton Johns? What can people expect Wonton Johns to be in blend? Um, yeah, well, they can expect the breakfast burritos for sure. So the that that's going to be our focus. We're going to pick you know our six most popular ones, and that's what we're going to do, and we're going to do them very well um, and very consistently. Um, but n- not much is going to change in terms of the, the breakfast experience. Um, and we, I'm looking for ways to incorporate the wontons, maybe as like lunchable type things that Ooh, we can send okay. out as like a grab and go. Um, but I, I, I want to make sure that the quality is there. So that's something we have to play with. So it's probably not going to be something you see right away because my focus is going to be on the execution of everything else. So um, once that kind of gets in line, then we can explore with like growing the menu a little bit more. But um, so wonton John's, yeah, it's going to be the goat. It's going to be, you know, the poutine, the chorizo Rito. We'll have our gardener for the uh, veggie option. Um, And then, um, you know, a a couple other burritos, probably the Philly cheesesteak burrito because that gained 
popularity after we ran it as a special. Um, and so we'll, we'll probably have like a good mix of breakfast burritos, the gravy train, you know, they'll be offering their, their biscuits and gravy. We may even, you know, start using their gravy in our poutine, poutine burrito. I don't know. So that's, that's another thing that blend lends itself to is collaboration with, um, concepts, you know, within blend. So, um, everybody's going to be working very closely. So there's, you know, some exciting stuff that can happen there. Um, but we, we, we tried to launch loaded bowls about a year and a half ago. Uh, realized we didn't quite have the space to run multiple concepts like that at the time because we were sharing the kitchen, a very small space with, um, you know, a couple other places and still trying to run the food truck stuff, the breakfast burrito stuff. Um, so that that's coming back, and that's going to be more of a healthy um, quinoa, brown rice bowl, salads, um, things like that. We'll have a couple bowls that aren't as healthy, but about 90% of them are going to be, like, very healthy, you know, quick options that are going to be great you know, lunch options, great catering options, uh, things like that. And so I'm excited to finally get that one launched um, because that, there's been a couple other, like, bowl companies that have launched, like, since we tried to launch Loaded Bowls, but I still feel like there's definitely a a need for that in the Omaha food market, that quick, healthy option for, you know, lunch and dinner. Um, so, Loda, do you got something to say? Well, I, uh, I just I, – I, no, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about yeah. about just that – the idea of having to, to push pause on idea. Because I remember when you launched this, is probably a year and a half, maybe two years. Yeah, you can like correct December, me on the timeline. Like yeah, but I remember you had a soft opening, and, and we got a chance to try it. And we were like, man, this is really good. Can't wait to go back and try more. And then it came out on social media. It was like, hey, you know, we're just – we're going to push pause on this concept for right mm-hmm. now. We just don't, don't have the capacity to operate on it. It's coming back. Yeah. But – you know, just be patient. How, like, what was the, I, I guess I kind of have a two-part question here, but how hard was it for you to do that, especially when you were really excited about that idea, but how valuable was it at the same time to be able to recognize, I love this idea, now just isn't the right time, we just have to wait on it. Yeah, and that, it, it was tough, you know, because I had employees that were excited about it, um, you know, and excited about just the concepts that we had, Um and I probably should have waited a little longer to launch it, but I'm not a very patient person. So, you know, uh, this process with Blend and, you know, conceptualizing it for two years and really trying to start working hard on it about a year ago. And then that, you know, it, it looked like it was going to happen and then it didn't just for, um, you know, a mul- multitude of reasons. So um, it has taught me patience and just understanding that not everything needs to happen right now and sometimes it is better to just take your time and do it properly rather than trying to make it happen when it's not necessarily the most feasible option and so um, I kind of knew loaded bowls was going to be tough to pull off especially um, we already had a lot going on staying really busy with the breakfast burritos and you know starting to ramp up food truck and stuff like that and so um, I'm glad we kind of got it out there um, when we did but I kind of wish we would have waited to um, do that part of it with the soft opening until we knew we had the space, but also we didn't really know we had, didn't have the space until we tried it. Um, we're just like, there's no way we're going to be able to do all of this out of here. So, um, you know, it, it, it sucked, but I, I knew eventually it would come back. That's why I never shut down the social medias or anything like that. Um, they were still there. I wasn't active with them. Um, so hopefully I can get those ramped back up because I mean, we had like 14 or 1500 followers before we ever even, sold a bowl on there and they're, they're just really, really good bowls. It's like all of my favorite things and Phoenix's favorite things all in bowls. And it's just, you know, 
Tease, they're, they're, they're really good, so I'm excited to get that back off the ground. Tease out a couple that you're most excited about that um, you want people well, to Well, the experience. strawberry fields is probably my favorite. It's watermelon radishes, um, strawberries, goat cheese, arugula, but I like to add our salmon to it. Um, and, you know, with a, a honey balsamic vinegar, um, really, really good and just – yeah, it, it just makes you crave it more. But the Phoenix is named after, you know, my partner Phoenix, and um, she loves her um, pestos and chicken and Parmesan. And so it's just, you know, with a, a garlic aioli, a red, red pepper and garlic aioli, it's like all of her favorite flavors mixed into one bowl on a rice bowl, and everything just, just works really well together. And our poke bowls are super fire, you know. Um, it's like a honey soy um, sriracha kind of poke sauce that we make with, you know, fresh tuna or salmon and, um, you know, just a, a great balance of sweet, little bit of heat if you want the spicy version, um, you know, salty, acid. It's just got every flavor profile that um, you kind of dream about all in one bowl. And um, so th- those are probably my three favorites. And then we'll probably have a build-your-own option as well initially unless, you know, we have trouble keeping up with that that we might go another route. But yeah, so, yeah, they're they're all really good, though. But it's, it's tough between the strawberry fields and the poke for me because I'm just such a fresh, raw fish guy. Right, yeah. Like, I, I can get down on poke all yeah, day long. Same. So that, that's, that's a concept to look forward to. But the one that I'm probably most excited about is Omaha Cheesesteak Company. And you guys debuted this concept at Dandelion Pop-Up on April 15th. And... As we're recording, this is just a couple days ago, so this is very fresh in my mind. And I I remember just being so excited because you teased out this menu. I got there about 20 minutes before it opened. I was customer number two, so somebody <laughs> beat me. But by the time that, it, that Dandelion opened at 11, you guys had a line of 25, 30 people, and I think sold out within an hour, 10 minutes, hour, 20 yeah. minutes, something along those lines. And this was on Good Friday. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was insane to see this reaction. But I think people were really excited about the idea because the concept's fantastic. So, open floor, what's the concept behind Omaha Cheesesteak Company? What made you want to start this? Well, I, I mean, who doesn't love a, a Philly, you know? Uh, it's, it, it's one of my favorite things to eat. It's one of, like, there's, like, four or five things that, like, I really crave on a fairly regular basis. And a Philly is one of them. Um, and there's there's plenty of good Phillies in Omaha, uh, but there's very few places that actually focus on them. Um, and I wanted to create like a unique cheesesteak, so that's why it's called the Omaha Cheesesteak Company. Is I wanted to create like the Omaha version of a cheesesteak, and so we used the caraway rye roll from Great Harvest Bread. I smoked the pastrami in house, so it's you know it's our take on a Reuben. It's a cheesesteak version of a Reuben. Um, and you know, sauerkraut, I make this, uh, horsey thousand Island that's, um, you know, with a little bit of smoky flavor in it. Um, so that goes really well with the smoked pastrami, um, Swiss cheese, sauerkraut, but on that caraway rye roll, we're working with great harvest to kind of dial that recipe in. Um, but you know, we just wanted to scream Omaha, you know, it's a, um, and, and so I don't want people to like, I had somebody comment on a post from Philly and was like, shaking their head about it i was like this isn't a philly cheesesteak we're we're doing the philly cheesesteak the way philly does a cheesesteak we, we do we do offer that option you know with or without whiz um so it, we have that option as well and that's and we we use premium products so you know when you go to restaurant depot you can get the frozen four or five six ounce portions of philly beef um you know and 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 those are good you can season those and they can they can be really good uh but we're you know we're using shaved prime rib from 
local uh, butchers like Just Good Meats and Casanova Butcher, um, which just opened up in the Rockbrook. Uh, Rockbrook Village, which I highly recommend if you know anybody hasn't heard of it or hasn't been there, go check it out. They're very good people, um, super you know genuine, um, awesome products too. And so uh, you know we're using very very high quality beef, so it's like a tender cheesesteak it's not chewy it's 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 easy it's it almost melts in your mouth and so um then we have the bulgogi which you know christina from nice rolls got me addicted to that with her bulgogi burger and i started experimenting with that and i was like well it's got to be on a cheesesteak so you know we do that with the asian slaw marinade the the prime rib in the bulgogi um barbecue sauce overnight and then you know grill it up fresh with some um, pickled toppings, pickled daikons, and um, pickled onions, pickled jalapeno, and then some carrots and red cabbage, and and we we put that on a bon mi roll. So kind of stick with the Asian kind of theme there. But that bon mi roll, I don't know when it soaks up all that um, bulgogi juice from the steak. It's just I don't know. It's something else. It's, it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, and so like the Oma cheese steak, like that's what I want. People, that's what I want to be known for. But the bulgogi is going to give it a. It, run for its money for sure i think after trying them both i'm a huge fan of the bulgogi but i i do agree the omaha cheesesteak there's something about just putting those uh, those ingredients of a reuben inside of a roll like that and it was so cheesy and so gooey and like just the right amount of grease like it was it was excellent i think it's really funny though like you mentioned that guy who left the comment like oh this isn't a real (laughs) cheesesteak i feel like cheesesteaks are like the food that people get most territorial about. Yeah. Like, we, we have thousands of different varieties of burgers. There's all these varieties of Cuban sandwiches, of burritos, whatever you want to call it, and we're, like, accepting of it. And it's like, oh, hey, he put yeah. a fun spin on it. <laughs> and with the cheesesteak, it's like, hey, don't touch my cheesesteak. It <laughs> needs to be steak and peppers and onions and and whiz, and that's yeah. it. And that's, it's just weird to me, like – I think that's just a Philly vibe. I think that's yeah. just like the mentality, like they own it. They you know, and like it, yeah. yeah, you know, it's just like you know, Philly's kind of known for that. You know, territorial, like their sports teams, everything. I just think that's a a Philly vibe, and yeah. that, that's kind of part of the you know the allure of the cheesesteak too. Like it's you know, if, if it's gonna be done, it needs to be done right. Well. We're gonna do it right, but we're also gonna put our own spin on it. So yeah, and I think it's fun just to look at it as like. A, you know, it's just a different version of a sandwich. Like the yeah. Omaha cheesesteak, it's purposely not called an Omaha Philly cheesesteak because right. you're not using the steak, you're not using the same cheese. It's it's different. It's just served in like a similar vehicle. It kind of looks the same, but completely different flavor profiles. Right. So I, I think it works. Where'd that, like, you mentioned this a little bit, but I want to dig into it a little bit deeper. Where'd the idea for Omaha Cheesesteak Company come from? And I guess, like, because, like you mentioned, like, there's not a cheesesteak-focused restaurant or concept in Omaha. So what what made you go, hey, I think that there is an appetite for this. I'm going to go for it. Um, Again, it's just, like, I like to cook what I like to eat, and I love to eat cheesesteaks. And, um, you know, I thought it was something that we could incorporate into blend um, fairly easily without having a big menu, without having, you know, spaces, space is going to be limited there too. So we can only stock so much product, so many, you know, different types of things. And, um, you know, that, that'll all change. This is just our proof of concept phase too. So we're planning on making a purpose built building where everybody's going to have their own individual kitchens and everything in there. Um, once we kind of prove that, you know, Omaha wants this and, 
um, that it's going to be successful. So this is just phase one. Um, and so I was trying to think of something that, you know, people want, you know, a good lunch, dinner item, um, something that will attract people. I know, like, I go out of my way to get a cheesesteak. I know there's plenty of people that do go out of their way to get a cheesesteak. Hand raised. Yeah, so, so I was, I, you know, it, it just it checked all the boxes for me. Like, I, I can, it's something I can be passionate about when I'm putting the menu together. You know, I'm not just trying to, like, I'm trying to fill a gap, but that's not all I'm trying to do. It's something that I really like to do, and I really wanted to, you know, see how I could come up with a way where I could put, you know, Omaha stamp on it. And, you know, what better way? I love Rubens, and it's not necessarily a traditional Ruben because we do use pastrami, not corned beef. You know, I smoke it, um, which is how I prefer it. Um, but I do like, you know, Rubens with corned beef as well. So it, just, it, just, it checked all the boxes. It's something I would eat on a regular basis. And, you know, so obviously we want to sell as much as we can too. So I know there's a lot of people that buy cheesesteaks, so we just want to do it really well and make it a place that people want to order cheesesteaks from. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that you want all these, all the concepts that are going to be operating out of blend are going to be working with tighter menus so they Mm -hmm. can really nail down each menu item. So we're not going to be seeing 10, 12 different things on a menu, but it's going to be maybe four or five that are just going to be executed super well. So we mentioned the three cheesesteaks that were available at Dandelion, the original, the Omaha and the Bulgogi. Maybe that's all that you plan on uh, offering out of blend, but if there is more, I want to give you this opportunity to like to tease out. Are there any other ones that you have? Maybe, maybe they're just floating around in your head that you might try. Like, what else might we see from the cheesesteak company? Yeah, I've see. I've I have to keep myself reeled in there because again, we just want our menus to be executed perfectly every mm-hmm. single time, and it gets. You you know me like I I try and do different stuff all the time with the breakfast burritos and the wontons. I'm always coming up with different stuff, but it does affect execution sometimes when you're trying to incorporate something that you don't normally incorporate into your menu. Um, it can throw off other things or, um, you know, it's a little tougher to execute than you anticipated. So everything's not going out as well as you wanted it to and things like that. And so we want to make sure we really, really dial in on a perfect execution every single time. Obviously, that mistakes are made, and there's going to be some issues here and there, but we want to minimize those so that people know when they order food from Blend, they're getting what they expect every single time. And so we're, we're going to really focus on that. And, like, I have tons of ideas for cheesesteaks. I'm not going to lie. and tell you I don't. Um, and maybe someday that will be a thing. But for now, um, those three are really good, and I feel like they span across – a wide variety of like types of palettes as well, um, you know, and cover a lot of different things. So just, just with those three. And so we're probably just going to stick with those three initially. And then, you know, we might, you know, if, if, if we find that we have some time and some space and, you know, we have room to execute a little more, we might throw in some specials here and there, but especially in the early phases, I don't want people doing necessarily daily specials, although they're fun and exciting and uh, a great way, you know, also to get more business and get more eyes on your, on your spot, I think we already provide enough variety with the amount of concepts that we have, and um, that's special in and of itself. So I think that that's going to need to suffice for now in terms of the the special, the daily specials and sure. things like that. I love it. And I know that you'll have an opportunity in the future once, I mean, you're launching an entirely new concept right now. You're, you're a little bit busy. Yeah. So <laughs> in the future, maybe there'll be an opportunity to develop some more cheesesteaks and 
when that happens, I'll, I mean, I guess I'll be in line either yeah. way. I, I, I really like <laughs> Well, you the won't. You're just going to order online. It'll be That's ready when you true. Get there. I don't ever have line. to be in line. That's yeah. the whole purpose of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Man, you're just tying it right back in. <laughs> so and as we wind down here, I did kind of want to go back to the overarching theme of the virtual food hall and that I think when you're introducing something completely new to a market, you have to be really careful about your messaging and how you introduce it. So you don't just come out too fast and be like, hey, here's a virtual food hall. You got to come check it out because people are just going to be like, whoa, yeah. hey, I don't know what that is. Like, calm down. But you can't just like totally slowly tease it out or people are going to be like, okay, tell me more. Okay, well, now you lost me. Right. Fortunately, you're someone who has experience bringing an entirely new concept into the world with wonton johns. Nobody else has taken wontons and put in burgers and pulled pork and stuff right. like that in them. And you've made that into a successful business. What do you think about opening wonton johns? Like, what, what did you learn throughout that process? And obviously, blend is very different. But what did you learn from opening wonton johns that kind of prepared you to introduce a market to something that's completely new. Uh, definitely. It, yeah. And it all comes back to that patience thing I was talking about earlier, you know, um, with Wonton Johns, I'm, I'm very transparent. You know, people know it's me running the social media for the most part. Well, I, I mean, they know for the most part that it's me running the social media, um, you know, and so it was easy to get super excited about a new idea or a new thing we wanted to try and really overload myself with too much and not be able to deliver it a, the level I wanted to, or be delivered at all. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where I got excited about a special in, in my head and I'm like, okay, we're doing this this weekend. And then I try and do it. And I'm like, shit, you know, that? <laughs> and, and so, it, or, you know, it's something I get excited about and I, you know, let the public know right away. Cause I'm so excited about it and they get excited about it. And then it never came to fruition because I'm just like too busy to add on like extra things or things get delayed, especially with restaurant openings. And we've been, you know, we've had the blend website up for, you know, almost three months now and to not tell people about it has been a, a huge struggle. But I also, like you said, I did the timing needs to be there. So now we've got all our equipment in place. We've got our vendors. Um, you know, there's just a couple other pieces that we need to get put together before we can actually open um, but we're pretty confident on that May 15th date. So that's why we picked this past Friday, you know, to give ourselves 30 days to kind of explain people what it is, answer any questions, build some hype, you know, release some information, but not too much. Um, and we have the app basically ready, but we're not going to make it available to download for that purpose. You know, um, we want people when they download the app to be able to use it. And so they're not going to be able to use it until we have food to sell. So, um, you know, right now you can subscribe on blendfoodhall.com um, to stay up to date. We're going to update our, you know, email subscribers that way. In the meantime, until we're ready to open and anybody that is subscribed will get their first delivery for free. Um, and then, we'll, you know, when the app's ready to be downloaded, we'll send out the link with your delivery code. And then, um, you know, you'll have your loyalty pro profile and the, the, you know, technology we use allows you to put, like, the types of food that you like you know, um, dietary restrictions, anything like that. So those are the menu items you can see. Obviously, you can see all the menu items if you go through and look. But, um, you know, those will be the ones you've shown first. So it should be super convenient, and we're just going to keep introducing our vendors. Obviously, I've named off a lot of them today, but, you know, on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and kind of show what they have to offer. And then um, when it's all put together and it's ready to be shown for real, you know, we'll pull back the veil and, We'll get rolling. So, I'm very excited 
for May 15th to come around. <laughs> and that's because, John, you just something that amazes me with you is you just attack everything with such tenacity. You get an idea and it's in your head and you just you go for it, man. And I think that's what's allowed you to make Wonton John's a success, why I'm a huge fan of it, why I'm already a fan of Omaha Cheesesteak Company, because I know you not only go after something, but you make sure by the time it's released, it's ready, and it's going to be a great product. It's not something that you're kind of throwing out there, and then it's like, oh, shoot, maybe I need to pull that back. And uh, No, you, you are ready to go for it. Your track record speaks for itself, and I can't wait to see what you do with Blend moving forward. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and introducing this new concept. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah, the possibilities are endless. Like, yeah, I'm really stoked to get it to get it started. And that's just, you know, step one. It's the light at the end of the first tunnel, and then this can go in so many directions. I'm just, yeah, I, I I can't wait. I'm getting chills talking about it. I hope everybody else gets as excited about it as we do. I know all the vendors that are in are super pumped about it. Our employees, we've got Caden. Um, she's been working for me for a couple of years. I'm um, going to help me with the front of the front facing marketing stuff. And then Jared Constantino, he's a, been a chef for many years and a lot of different uh, restaurants and things like that. So he's got a, a lot of really good experience, super hard worker. So he just started with us, but I'm um, looking to make him a big part of the, the concepts that we're running within blend. So um, yeah, we, we just got a good team in place and Joe Wilmis. I, you, I think you've met her. She's a little, uh-huh. little Joe, but uh-huh. yeah, she's been with she's been with me. I love her to death. She's been with me for a couple of years, and she's about to finish culinary school. She she like tacked on more classes on her semester so she could finish faster, so she could be a part of Blend like full time faster. Which um, she's got one more semester left. So yeah, we've just got an awesome team that's super excited about it, and um, yeah, I think we're gonna knock it out of the park. So I appreciate you having us on and your excitement about it because yeah. It's definitely exciting for everybody involved, I think. Of course. May 15th, people. Mark your calendars. Get ready. Something new is coming to Omaha, and it is going to be a blast. John, thank you. And as always, Omaha, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.